0: the
1: patriarchy can
0: you elaborate why this one specifically why today
1: uh every day not just today every day because the (laughs) system that we have in place right now is really not working anymore and so i would i would throw it i
0: love how you say anymore as if it was even working in the first place
1: True, it wasn't. But you know what? We were silent participants in it. And now we have a voice and we're speaking up and we're not going to take this any longer. So this system is not working, not just for us, but also for men. It's not working anymore. So I think we need, to, we need to dismantle this whole system that's going on right now and come up with something better where everyone's involved, everyone's included, everyone's heard, everyone's listened to. And that's, um, that's why I
0: Communism. Communism. Calm you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so unshockingly, my shib shib Actually, I'm going to throw it at women today. Controversial, Ooh. but I specifically want to throw it at women who write men <laughs> in books because I am so sick of like reading a book and being like, yep, this man was written by a woman. I hate that. I hate the fact that... Whenever there is a male character with some kind of idealistic, um, anything that is like basic, bare, minimum, nice, I'm always like, ah, written by a woman. And I want, I just hate women for that. I kind of wish (laughs) they held men accountable in real life and stopped writing really good men. So I can stop living in this illusion and I kind of feel like this is the perfect segue into the episode to actually Absolutely. tell you guys why I'm talking to Zina right now. Zina has been one of the first followers on La Jarti, and we've kind of cultivated a very close DM relationship. And whenever we end up talking about marriage, boys, relationships, children, you always end up chiming in in the DMs. And I've kind of, you've become somewhat of like that friend who's a mom who knows what she's talking about. Uh, in my <laughs> repertoire of uh, relationships. And you told me the other day that you are getting a license as to become a sexuality educator, which is really cool. And I'm really proud of you for doing it. And I Thank don't want to spoil it for other people because I know like once you get your license, we can talk about education and stuff like that on this episode. But your job today, because I have read so many bloody romance novels that I want you to snap me the hell out of it. Your job is to slap me in the face and be like, Alia, (laughs) these books are not real. Stop believing in love. (laughs) Love doesn't exist. And I'm just going to quickly do the intro so we can get to your thoughts and everything. My name is Zina Malas, I am a
1: mom to two children, two girls, and I'm a single mom. I am 41, I live in Jordan, and I am currently certifying to become a sexuality educator. I don't know what else you'd like to know about me.
0: You have also mentioned how much you love romance novels.
1: Yes, I love I love reading and I love escaping and fantasizing. It's a wonderful thing to do, but it's not realistic at all. Going to burst your bubble here. (laughs) Please do tell me now.
0: (laughs) You need to listen by the end of like 40 minutes or one hour. You need to like be like, I am done with love. And also I'm currently halfway through a Colleen Hoover novel Mm -hmm. So uh, things are not going great. This, like my mental health right now is like destroyed by love. Well,
1: the thing is, I'm not going to dismantle your idea about love. Well, whatever I'm going to do is probably rewrite what your idea of love is. I like that. Rewrite what your idea of love is. rewrite it. I don't agree with... One way of love or what uh, uh, idealizing love that you see in the movies or read in the books, that's all false and fantasy and everything. And it's nice to escape for a little while, but that's not realistic. So let's rewrite your image of love and make it a bit more realistic.
0: I want to ask you, when you were younger, um, what was your perception of what love and relationships were like and how did it change when you got married? And if you would like to talk a little bit about your experience getting married and stuff if you want to.
1: Yeah, of course. I, uh, you know, the thing is, I think a lot of girls growing up, they dream of their big wedding and the white dress and the man that's going to sweep them off their feet. And I remember having conversations when I was a kid with my friends saying, oh, I'm going to marry a rich man so he can give me a big house. And He's gonna you know write me poems every day, and it's like all of this cheesy stuff and realistically that doesn't really happen and um yeah, I mean I think I think it's a very common fantasy for young girls to fantasize about their wedding day when in reality your wedding day is only one day, and it's the the whole marriage isn't has nothing to do with the wedding, you know
0: but what was the first time you really felt Um, that the fantasy that you were sold as a child was not real? Like, do you have a specific moment that you can recall on that made you realize that relationships are not told in a realistic way?
1: Um, You know what? They always say that the best example for you for marriage is your parents' marriage. Alhamdulillah, my parents have a, a pretty good marriage and they're still together after 40 plus years and You know, every marriage has its ups and its downs. Well, Alhamdulillah, I think, you know, my parents gave me a good guide or a good idea to what marriage is. But I think with the way things are changing in the world with social media, with things you see on Instagram and you idealize, like you always like couple goals and you see like this gorgeous-looking woman with this gorgeous-looking man, and you think, oh, my God, they have everything, and, you know, I want to be like that, or I I feel like it's so not realistic. You are, I, I don't know, I've, fighting is normal, arguing is normal. It's all part of a healthy relationship. And I think people need to make that, they need to show that side. It needs to be more realistic. This, you know, rose petals and flowers and stuff that you see online, it's not true, you know? I think a healthy relationship for me is somebody that I can talk to about anything with no shame, without feeling disrespected, and just being heard. I, you put a lot of expectations on the other person. You put a lot of your hopes and dreams on the other person, and you get disappointed because this person is not in a in a book. He's not Prince Charming. He's not a fairy tale. He's a human being with emotions and needs and wants and and uh, You're going to disagree and you're going to have a difference of opinion. And it's about how you navigate through all of these differences that become and make a successful relationship. So I don't think there was one defining moment for me about where my bubble was burst. But there's always been a disappointment with men, which is when I was younger, I used to see that most men wanted a woman that's, you know, beautiful and curvy or skinny or whatever it was. It was more about the physical aspects. And and I was not this, you know, uh, like vivacious, voluptuous, uh, you know, sexy bombshell, you know, at all. And I was more proud of who I was as a person, what my thoughts were, my ideas. I wanted someone to challenge me. I wanted someone to talk to me. I wanted someone to fall in love with my brain. And I remember my mom was saying, no man is going to just want to fall in love with a brain. He wants the outside as well. And it used to make me so angry that what should it matter what I look like? Look, I'm, I'm an okay looking person. I don't consider myself ugly or anything. Or, you know, I, we all have our insecurities. But again, why should it matter to this person how, how amazing and stunning I look on the outside when on the inside I have so much to give? So, yeah, that's that was a d- disappointing moment when I realized that boys, when they're younger, they tend to just go for what's shiny and looks good and everything. And that's like, ugh, I hate boys, you know, boys are stupid.
0: Honestly. the So, OK, this is one of the, the things that so I generally, generally in I read a lot and I love reading and I love writing and it's literature is a very important part of my life. And I've never genuinely liked romance novels because I don't like the way that they're characterized. The plot is weak. They're very silly and stupid. And yes, they're an escape, but it's too la-di-da. And even though, yes, I started the episode joking about how much my brain has been like messed up in the last uh, few months from how much I've read of them. But I genuinely dislike them because I don't necessarily go to books for reality because i like dragons and wars and mm-hmm. magic and stuff but i don't like the idea and you no know, what i like in the male characters in the books that i read is like the bare minimum literally the bare minimum and you know the guy is nice is polite is not an asshole is somewhat of a feminist is also physically attractive because it is a book and they have to have like a 12 pack and everything um and I kind of end up liking the characters when they're just genuinely nice. And I keep thinking, you know, OK, these books are not supposed to reflect reality. But like, what the hell? It's the bare minimum. It is the bare minimum. And I'm struggling to like see that in real life. Yeah, you can't help but compare. For sure. And the other thing is, uh, you know what? These books are all written by non-Arabs. It just happens to be the market in which these books are published, and also the I tend to read more English uh, novels because I don't like um, Arabic novels. I prefer English novels uh, when it comes to writing structure, etc. And I've I've never seen a structure of an, a traditional Arab relationship portrayed in fiction because I, I'm not even like I feel like there's so much. Marriage in the Middle East is not, you're not just marrying someone because you love them and you want to stay with them. There's social politics involved, there's financial politics involved, there's so many elements. And now I'm a 25 year old woman and I'm so confused as to how to navigate through this world. And at the same time, like, I want that the idea of like fluffy love a la books, but at the same time, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just so confused. and I'm trying to find a place again where I find optimism again in relationships and try to see Middle Eastern relationships as something that is okay and good, and not just an arranged marriage kind of thing because I don't I'm not opposed to arranged marriages. Um, but I I'm so scared of the concept of them because I genuinely don't understand what is the outcome, what is supposed to happen. In the end, what is the thing that you're supposed to look for in a marriage and all of these things? Because you know what? They don't really teach us these things. So no pressure, but you're supposed to fix all of this in an hour.
1: <laughs> well, I always I always um, tell my friends, I wish that they would give a course in schools to educate people on how to have healthy relationships. Forget just marriages or whatever, just healthy relationships. We don't teach our children, us as adults, we have to figure out how to have a healthy relationship with someone. Um, it's only now through working on myself and going to therapy and, 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 uh, you know, improve and having my boundaries and, and working on myself that I've realized how to have a healthy relationship. And I have to do a lot of the work. And the other person needs to work as well. It's a two way street, but you need to do a lot of work. It's very easy to get into an argument with someone and they say, and they just walk away and, you know, and the problem's not solved. You need to have a healthy way to resolve conflict. You need to have a healthy way how to deal with your relationships. If somebody's, I, I've noticed this uh, tendency a lot, is that if somebody makes you upset, you don't even tell them that they've made you upset. You just, khalas, khalas, I don't want to talk about it. Mm. To tell the other person, how's the other person supposed to know? Hala. What, whether they're going to change their behavior or whether they're going to become nicer to you or talk to you or whatever, that's on them. But at least you speak your truth. So for me, relationships are all about speaking my truth. It's all about me being the best version of myself I can be, the best friend I can be, the best partner I can be, the best mother I can be. I don't want to hold anything in anymore. So I just think the world would be a lot easier of a place to navigate if people were more more honest about their their um, emotions and more honest about what they wanted in life and we need to start doing this by educating people in schools educating children in schools on how to manage anger how to manage their um, disappointment their expectations they need to know how to have healthy relationships and this starts at home how can you have a healthy and starts with yourself if you, you're not being honest to yourself, how are you going to be honest to another person? How are you going to love? If you don't love yourself enough, there's always this saying, if how can you, the first relationship starts with yourself. If you don't love yourself enough, how are you going to love another person? Or how's the other person going to love you if you don't love yourself? It's so true. As much as it's a, it's a cliche, it's so true. You need to love and respect yourself and then bring that to your relationships with other people. So I would say we need to educate children, especially we need to start young, with how to have healthy relationships. What is the image of a healthy relationship? Some people, unfortunately, at home do not have healthy role models of healthy relationships. Sometimes their parents don't even speak to each other. Sometimes there's a passive-aggressive relationship between the parents. And this is what the children are learning, that this is what normal is no that's not normal that's passive aggressive that's unhealthy that's uh, resentment builds up in a marriage it's that's not a healthy idea of a marriage so we we as individuals go around life thinking oh this is what it looks like or you know, or the, the things that we learn in movies. They're so unhealthy. A man who keeps you on your toes all the time, you're not sure where you stand, you're on a roller roller coaster of, of emotions. One minute, oh my God, oh my God, I want him to like to call me and, and to think of me and whatever. And then the next minute he's like, you know, hot and cold with you and you're like, wait, what's going on? Where do I stand? What? Are, oh my God, I get butterflies in my stomach. That must mean I'm in love. No, no, that's not love. (laughs) That's anxiety. (laughs) That's anxiety. That is a roller coaster of emotions. That's why... Sometimes people tell me, you know, the guy is nice. He treats me with respect. He's so kind to me. He's so good to me. But I don't feel it. And I said, what are you expecting to feel? You know, my last boyfriend, he made me feel all these emotions. And we used to have all these like heated arguments and discussions. And we used to fight. And then he'd call me crying on the phone or I'd call him crying. And there's a big gesture of, you know, flowers. and No, no, that's drama. That's not love. That's drama, you know. Love, for me, it's also your definition of what love is. What is love? Love is peace. It's joy. It's happiness. It's calmness. It's, you know, being, you know, truthful and calm and your best self. And it brings out the best in you and everything. It's not this roller coaster of emotions. That is toxic.
0: The idea of what is love. Baby, don't hurt me. Sorry, I had to do it. Um, That what is... (laughs) What is some, like, what to look for? Because for me personally, again, traditional Arab girl raised in the Middle East um, is all I know, all that I kind of hope to know. I don't want to leave the Middle East. I love it here. Um, But everyone lives in such bubbles that they kind of give this perception of, you know, you're going up a scale in life. You have to do one, two, three marriages at some point in the end of it. Whether it is a love marriage an arranged marriage, the end is there. And it's kind of like once you're in it, it is like a, a shitty contract that you need to stick through it, like regardless. And a good relationship between quotes, a healthy marriage is a marriage that does not end in divorce. Like that's kind of how they paint it. No, I disagree. That's how they like paint it. I don't personally believe that's the case. But I just, for me, like, the way that it was shown around me is that if it does not end up in divorce, therefore it's worked, regardless if the person is happy or not. It's ridiculous, because honestly, I've seen so many miserable women in their lives, in their relationships, even if they have good money, they have good kids, their husband is quote unquote good, but they're miserable, And honestly, I want someone to tell me, like, what is it that I should be looking for? What is it that I should expect out of a relationship? Because like you said, nobody educates you. And to be fair, I don't think anyone has educated our moms or our aunts or our like, you know, we're just kind of going about life, the blind leading the blind. And the only time I feel like someone knows what to look for is when they like failed, quote unquote, as in. It ended up disastrous. And then they kind of started understanding what they actually hoped to find. And I really want to know, like, how would you teach your kids? Like, you have two girls at home. How would you guide them through their dating journey and relationship journey?
1: Oh, that's a tricky one. (laughs) Um, First of all, I want them to be complete whole people. They're not looking for somebody to complete them. This whole Jerry Maguire, you complete me, is all BS. The I don't, I'm not looking for somebody to complete me. I'm looking for somebody to add to my life. And this is what I want to teach my children, that when you choose to be with someone, first of all, it's your choice to be with someone. If you choose to be single for life, I also support that as well. And I, we'll get to that. That's another subject. But it's your choice to be with this person. And when you choose to be with this person, you don't need to expect everything from this person. And this is another mistake that I feel a lot of people are doing. You have such expectations on this one person to fulfill every emotional, physical, mental need that you have, that it puts so much pressure that with a minute something fails or in your in your mind is a failure, that's it. Oh my God, it's a disaster, it's the end of the world. No, it's not. You cannot expect this person to have everything. You can get some of it from your friends. You can get some of it from your family. Whatever other needs that you have that are not fulfilled, you can find them in other places. It's too much pressure on one person to fulfill every single need of yours. That's, that's the biggest misconception is that I found my soulmate and he completes me. No, he does not complete you. He adds so much value to my life, yes. He brings out the best in me. Yes, I learned so much from him. Wonderful. But he does not complete you. You are a complete human being all on your own. That's the first Mm -hmm. thing I would teach my children. The second thing I would teach my children, my girls especially, is that if you see a red flag, do not ignore it. Do not think that I can fix this or, or it's not that big of a deal. I can work on it later. No, I'm sorry, Habibti. The only time you can change a man is if you're his mother and you're changing his diapers when he's a baby. That is the only time you can change a man.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that is so real. Ignoring red flags. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. If one more Arab woman tells me you need to lower your expectations, I will grab like, done, ship ship, heading, nuclear ship ship heading in her direction. Because I can't deal with this. We're just literally like, they see red flags, all around them, red flags, red flags, red flags. And they're like, really?
1: And this is another misconception that that we do in... This is another thing that we do in the Arab world, especially moms, and, and moms are very guilty of this, is that when they have sons, they think a woman can fix my son. A woman will make him a'il or rakiz he'll be, he'll be responsible suddenly. He's not been responsible for 35 years of his life, but suddenly the woman will fix him. <laughs> and this is what I also want to teach my daughters. You cannot <laughs> fix a person. They are responsible for fixing themselves. You can, help them, you can guide them, but you cannot fix them. So so moms, please stop thinking that another woman is going to come and fix your son and make him all of a sudden. It will not work like that because after a year, after the wedding, after the khutbah, after kul ishi, he is going to go back to his normal standard, his true colors. And that's when the will start. The honeymoon phase is over and he will be back to his normal self. This goes both ways. I'm not just blaming men. It's, it happens with women as well. Women, another problem that women also do. Just the
0: women raising
1: them. Uh, not just that, but us women as well. We, we are so desperate to get this ring on our finger that this is what society has taught us. That the goal is to have a ring on your finger and that's it. Bravo, aléha. Success. Tab ma, we don't, <laughs> When you're getting to know the guy, have you even asked yourself, do I genuinely like him or I'm just trying to reach a goal? Am I doing this because I have my mindset and all my friends are getting married. They're all having babies. This is what I need to do as well okay, this guy seems okay. He seems decent. Yalla, I'm going to be on my best behavior. You show him all the things you want him to, to see, all the best parts of you, but also you add to it. And you're not really being yourself. You're playing a role because you want this person to want you. You want this person to propose to you because of the goal that you're not being yourself. You're You're somehow misleading. You're lying to yourself. So this mm-hmm. is another thing I would tell my daughters is don't try to pretend to be someone that you're not. The person who is meant for you will accept you the way you are. So do not go out of your way. Look, it's nice to do things for people. It's nice to, to uh, help them. It's nice to care for them and love them and do all of these things. Yes, absolutely. But to pretend that you're someone that you're not is is fraud. Don't do it. Because in the end he's gonna be like سنتين, he'll look at you and be like, no, you didn't show yeah. me this part. He's he's gonna be surprised as well. It goes both ways. Don't pretend to be someone you're not. This is a big, a big, big, big uh highlight with, with my children.
0: That's it's really scary by the way, like the the part we were saying and no you're you want someone, you're pretending to to do something to get liked. That is so important. No, know why we have feeling we seriously need to contort ourselves, makeup, face, plastic surgery, all of this, just to get someone to love us, quote-unquote, love us. What is it? Why do we constantly feel like we just need to get that damn man? عليها, it's driving me insane. It's the way the system is
1: designed. We have taught our young girls from a very young age that you are not successful. You could have the best job in the world, but you are not successful until you ha- you are married and you have children. And we need to change this narrative mm. because we see that, you know, people are getting divorced a lot more than they used to. Um, people are choosing not to have children even when they're married. People are choosing to be single. It is a choice. They are. They would rather be single. So why do we make them feel like it's a failure? A society has taught us that you are nothing unless you get the ring on your finger and you have a child. Because this is what life is all about. I struggle with this with my own family as well. I have members of my family who've said, I have a couple of friends who are in their 40s and they're not married. They don't have children, never been married, never divorced, nothing. And they say, haram, ya, Haram, she's missed out on so much. <laughs> she's decided she doesn't want to get married, she doesn't want to have children. she hasn't found the person she wants to spend the rest of her life with. Why should she settle for less la la haram haram, she's missed it or she'll never know the joy of having children, but maybe this person chooses not to have children la." This is her choice, this is her journey, mm-hmm. this is her life. So so it's what we've been taught from when we were children. This is how life is supposed to go. And if you don't do it, you are less than a woman. That's why we feel asfina. We, Ya Allah, I want him to like me. I'm not good enough. I need to be better. I need to fix my face. I need to fix my nose. I need to go to the gym and work out 30 times a day. I need to, it's it's a, this is how the system is designed. We make everything about the way it's w- really the scary. way a woman looks. We're always critical. Sorry, do we say that about a man? Do we go to a wedding and say, "Eh, ma but we say to women. But who does that? We women, we do it to each other. Women. Yeah. Why? Yeah. We are the gatekeepers of the patriarchy. Listen, you're talking to a super feminist right now. <laughs> we are doing the work for the men. I've had I've had someone at my mom's. Yeah, that's so true. Yes. I had my mom's friend once tell me when I was single in my late 20s. And she said to me, we were having a discussion once, and she looked at me and she said, Do you always try to show people that you're smart? And I said, But I am smart. <laughs> And she said, Habibti, no man is going to want to marry a woman that shows him how smart she is. He's going to be very intimidated. And I said, then that's not the kind of man I want to be with. She said, you need to dumb it down a little bit. So what are we teaching our children? Even when we're good, we're too good. So we need to lower our standards. Like, no, why?
0: By the way, for the listeners at home, my jaw was at the floor. I'm just letting you know. I can't, I, this, I figured this drives me, auntie art, auntie art, oh, oh, auntie Yacht. This show is created because I love aunties and also because I hate them, Essentially. They are really the bane of society, the but gatekeepers they of the No, they don't key. know
1: any better. That's the problem. This is what they've been taught. The whole goal in life is to get married and to have children. And if your child doesn't do that either, they are a failure. So we need to ensure that our our daughters are married with kids. And look how everyone will be so proud. And she's a success. I have a friend who is the CEO of a company. And she is awesome she is in her late 30s never been married super successful has mashallah, mashallah, a great paycheck lives on her own does her own thing travels to every country she wants in the world and yet i've heard people tell me ya haram she's not married she'll never get married like this Tab, who says that this is what she was She's successful. Would yeah. you ever say that about a man? No, you wouldn't. CEO of no. a company, private jet, who doesn't bravo Bravo aleha. Why do we measure women's mm. success with marriage and children? Why? Because biologically we're supposed to procreate? I'm sorry, you're excluding <laughs> all the other women who are not able to procreate.
0: Yeah, that is really valid. That's really, really serious. I mean, I don't... The thing is... That's one of it. Like, you know, that's one part of the whole marriage thing and why to get married. But because there's there are two weird reasons why people get married, either like safety and structure and like the, the social necessity to be a team in a form of a marriage. And then on the other hand, it's the lovey-dovey romance, cuteness, blah, blah, blah kind of thing. And I am like so confused because like at one side I'm like I kind of don't want to share a bathroom with someone that's literally my biggest issue in life oh by the way that's and the on success on the other hand- <laughs> that's
1: a key to a happy marriage is separate bathrooms by the way
0: okay listen you know what sometimes I know I'm smarter than people think I am <laughs> because I have literally said I have literally said I will not I will not get married unless there are two bathrooms in the house I have said that Okay, guys, I am a genius sometimes. <laughs> you know, what's one of the things, Sam? Be, you know, because like how, like, you know, it's an upgrade. I'm, I'm, of course I'm living in my parents' house because I am a single Arab woman and I have to share a bathroom and I'm literally like, يعني, I upgrade. I finally move out. I share a bathroom again. Mafashar. Abadan. I refuse. <laughs> That I do not want. No, no. This is such a serious issue for me. If anything, I refute. No, nope.
1: I'm with you Never, on that. I don't want to share a bathroom again. My I am absolutely with you on that No, for sure. But, um, <laughs> but yes, like you said, there's many different reasons why people choose to get married. Some are societal pressures. Some are, you know, uh, your own pressure because you want, you want to have a child and you want to get married and you want this you know, this fairy tale. Uh, some are for financial reasons. And some think that if I don't do it now, then when will I? I'm getting too old. I might as well do it now. Uh, okay, this person seems decent. I might as well. And there's many reasons why some people want to get married for the wedding. I know lots of women who who just wanted the fairy tale wedding. And when the wedding was over and, you know, the the uh, the, the storm after the wedding happened, it's like... Oh my God, what an You know, I'm stuck with this person now. What do I do? You know,
0: It's a lot of investment for, uh, what's it called? Not a lot of bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. Buck for your bang.
1: Bang one for of, your buck. One of those ways.
0: Yeah. It, does, it does feel a lot like that. It's um, something that really scares me. Because a big part, you know, also moving out of your parents' house, one of the only ways you get to do that is either you get a job outside of the country which is not easy, or you get married. And it's like, you're choosing which is the lesser of evils. It doesn't, the romance novels don't have anything to do with Arab relationship culture, not at no, they all. don't. And also another thing that I wish people like talk about, we're in we're in this transitional era of, you know, old school arranged marriages and now dating is more accepted by society. Yes. Type, Who's writing the guidebook? How do we navigate through this world? You still have women who are so um, de- de- delusional about how men behave because of lack of experience, of how our society was um, segregated and all of these things. And now without the supervision of the family and the parents they're kind of out there in the dating room but not knowing how to navigate and then still having the expectation of a traditional marriage on the the end of the line but that's not the real like that's not the thing you still have so many traditional men who are getting away with like dating and stuff because society is accepting now but like they will ditch a girlfriend to marry their cousin like that's become somewhat of a trend You can't tell. There are so many flags that are invisible. It's really hard to tell nowadays. You know
1: what, though? I have to say my my tips for dating. And I say this to all my friends are don't be afraid to ask the questions, the uncomfortable questions and the awkward questions or the things that make you feel awkward. So let's say you're getting to know somebody. Ask those questions. To ask, what are you looking for? It is not too early to ask a man what he is looking for because you are showing this person that you know what you want and you would also like to know what they want. So, for example, you you go out, you, you get to know a guy, you're talking to him the second or third time, and you ask him, where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, I see myself uh, married with uh, children and uh, working in this so and so job. Um, okay, do you see yourself having a traditional marriage? It is okay to ask these questions because you need to know where you stand as well. And I find that a lot of women are very uncomfortable to ask these questions because they don't want to scare the guy off. Well, let me tell you, if he's scared from this question, then he's not the right guy for you. Next. Thank you, yeah. next. You know, and Minha come on to say, if he asks you, what are you looking for? And she says, you know what? I would eventually like to get married whether it's in a year or five years, but eventually, yes, I would like to get married and have children. If this is what you want to do, good for you. You know what you want. And you shouldn't be afraid to ask for it or say it. Hello, you're not asking this guy to marry you. If he runs off again, that's his problem. He's not the right guy for you. Get to know each other, talk. Discover this person, what they think, how they think is very, very important because it indicates what they're gonna be like later on when you face problems and when you face issues how they think about things. These major issues are very important. And we're yet too afraid to ask them. I have friends who've dated uh, men for three, four five months. They haven't even asked them what they're looking for. They just automatically think, no, he knows I'm a serious girl. He's going to take me seriously. Yalla, <laughs> inshallah, come on, he'll like propose to me. But you didn't ask him. Don't be surprised, it's about shahid. He goes and he marries his cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um- God, you know, a shame is, I think, is a big part of it. Shame is a big part of how women end up putting themselves in dangerous positions. One of the things that really scare me in, in our transitional phase of uh, traditional marriage versus dating culture and stuff like that, that is kind of happening in the Middle East, is women putting themselves in dangerous positions, not aware of consequences. Like, soma, um, I hate saying this, but it plays a big part. It is... Uh, your reputation, your shut up. I, again, I hate saying this word, but to survive in the societal structure that we are at, we kind of have to play the game. And living in this la la land of assuming that a, guy, that a guy is decent just because just because puts you in a lot of trouble. And that's something that we like discussed in the last episode about how like we were raised in all-girls schools and we were not taught how to anything about how a man thinks or behaves. And then we're in this dating pool thinking that he's a quote-unquote decent guy. And then, even if the family is accepting, they will ruin the reputation of the girl. They will hold that against her for certain favors. They will put her in very dangerous positions. She does not understand the concept of boundaries. She does not understand the concept of consent. Doesn't know that she gets to say no. All of these things... We are not taught. We are not taught. And it scares the heck out of me. Knowing that there's a young generation of women, including myself, I'm still a very clueless person. Like how the hell are we going to guarantee our safety and place in society? As in to actually navigate without getting ourselves hurt or destroyed, yes, which is none of that is explained
1: to the, us. This is why, Alia, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, which is why I'm certifying as a sexuality educator. It is not just teaching our children uh, anything sexual at all. It's actually teaching them about their bodies and about what feels good for them in their bodies. If they are uncomfortable, they need to learn to speak up and say, no, if something or someone makes them feel uncomfortable, trust your gut move away from this situation. We are not taught, we are always taught la Go and kiss uncle so and so, mean, ashan aib? Tab you're teaching me yes, that yeah. that my body is I'm not feeling comfortable going and sitting on Am Muflan's lap when I'm five years old. Uh, Ma know it might be totally normal for them and the family and everything. Bas inti as a child, you say I don't want to sit on a strange man's lap and everyone shames you for it. La aib, go sit, Salmi, Bowsi, uh heik. and you're like, But I'm telling you, I'm not comfortable. La, your feelings are not important. This pe- person's feelings are more important than yours. Aeb aleiki me. your child is telling you, I don't want to. Not because they're being rude. There's a reason why they're telling you no. Their body is telling them that they're not comfortable with this stranger. You're teaching them that this stranger's feelings are more important than what their body is feeling. Which is why my role right now, which yeah. is what I'm studying, what I'm studying, is coming in. If my child, who knows better about their body than my own child in the sense of what they're feeling inside. If my child says that they are yeah. full, they are full. I cannot force feed them. They're going to throw up. Your child is telling you what they're Mm. feeling and you're not respecting them. So you're teaching them that their feelings are not valid. So this carries throughout life with us, throughout from our childhood until we are adults. We are put in situations, especially as women, we want to seem accommodating. We want to be good girls. We want to please the family. So we put ourselves in situations where we don't know how to say no. We don't have a voice. So this is part of what we need to teach, especially our, our daughters somebody or something is making you uncomfortable, say it.
0: I was telling you at the start, and no, I did not, I never really liked romance novels, and I never understood why, because like, in my mind, like they should be lovely and fun and everything, but they were always like, love at first sight, in a corner, yalla, let's have fun. And I hated that, I was always so, like, ill by it, but I never quite understood why I found that extremely uncomfortable, until I read a book called The Kiss Quotient, where, like, consent was, like, Can I hold your hands? Can I whatever? Understanding boundaries. As soon as there's hesitation, no, I will not. Like these clear lines, these clear lines. It felt so gorgeous. Something so simple became something extremely meaningful. And these are like really small red flags that I never quite understood were important. One of the best advice that I have ever given, gotten from the internet, from TikTok, thank you TikTok, was test a man on small nose before you actually go get serious. So something as simple as he says, oh, can I help you with this? You tell him no. Him understanding that shows a bigger picture. If he's like, no, 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 I am man, I will hold back, I will whatever. That immediately tells you that this is a person who is incapable of understanding boundaries.
1: Is not respecting your no. Yes.
0: And why are women just choosing to ignore this?
1: Because they see it as chivalrous. It's crazy. The signals are getting mixed up. They see it as chivalrous. Ah, Zalameh, Rijal, he's coming to help me. But you said no.
0: Yeah, I hate that word.
1: You said no for a reason. And this is also another Mm. side to the coin, which is we need to teach our sons that when a woman says no, it's no. When a woman doesn't give you a yes, that's also a no. When she says, I don't know, that's not a yes. That's an I don't know. Please respect it. Yeah. So so it's not just teaching our daughters. It's also teaching our sons that they are not entitled to anything. Uh, there is nothing sexier than a man who understands and listens and respects to a woman's no.
0: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. There is no It's so simple. It's so simple. Like some, just the idea of a man understanding what a no is. The fact that we're like, oh, it's so sexy, tells you how messed up society is. Like how much. They have been missing out. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And you
1: know why you love the, the, the book that you were talking about? is because you're being heard. Your no is being heard. Your yes is being heard. That person is listening to you. We are so not used to being heard.
0: If we were to compare traditional marriage to love marriage, it's one of the things that really scare me. um you know Okay, yalla, shofa. Okay, yalla, al fatiha Okay, yalla, shofa number two. Okay, yalla, you're engaged. You can hold hands. Yalla, kiss. They're you're like kind of put in this bubble where there's, you're a minionette. Is that the word minionette? Marionette, marionette. sorry. You're like a marionette being contra- controlled by your parents. And no, this is when you kiss. This is when you make babies. Yalla. And you can don't have a place to listen to your own cues. You don't understand what the hell is happening. Not to mind the fact that there's zero education of what is actually supposed to happen. Um, well, that is a whole other really, subject we can it's get into scary. later. It's
1: scary. <laughs> I don't want to get into it. Um, You know, there was um, there is a book by the comedian Aziz Ansari. I think it was called Modern Romance or Modern Dating, something like that. I read it last year. He was basically giving case studies of different countries and how dating is across different countries. And there was I think it was somewhere in South America. I can't remember exactly where. But basically, they're notorious. The men there are notorious for not taking no as an answer. So they go to, you know, they go to a, a club or whatever, and they try to pick up a woman there. And the woman says, no, thank you. And they keep, for them, it's like a green light to keep trying. You're going to dance with me. I'm going to buy you a drink. I'm going to buy ish. I'm going to, and they're like, no, I said no. And then they're like, Adma, they become so insistent. The woman is too embarrassed or too ashamed. And in the end, ends up doing things that she doesn't want to do. She ends up dancing with him. She ends up having a drink with him, whatever it is. But they found that the only way that they can make men stop doing these things is if they tell them, I have a boyfriend. Because these men respect, even though they might not have a boyfriend, these men will respect a mythical boyfriend that's not even there more than they will respect the woman's no. That's very sad. That is very sad. And I see that a lot also in the Arab world as well, you know, because it's a patriarchy, because it's, you know, and I've had to say several times, you know, thank you, I'm married when I'm not married, or thank you, I'm not interested. If I say I'm not interested, no, I just, no, thank you. But the minute I say I'm married or, or whatever it is, Ah, sorry, sorry, as Which is infuriating. Why can, why is my no not enough?
0: I want to ask you, what is the most ridiculous relationship advice that you have ever gotten?
1: Um, it's Ali. I hate that. It's Ali. What do you mean? Play hard to get. That is the worst for me. I hate this piece of advice. I'm not playing. If the other person is playing, that's on them. He wants to play a game with me. He doesn't want to call me when he says he will. Mm. I'm not interested. It's very simple. It's very simple. I don't play games. And anybody who tells me to play games and dating is a game, you're not doing it right. You're literally just going to end up playing games Mm. your whole life. I hate it when we tell women... Uh, show him that you don't need him show him that you don't care and he'll come running to you that's a red flag that's not somebody who likes me for me it's somebody who likes the idea of me and because i'm not being available to him he just likes the idea of me not because he really genuinely he likes, likes challenge. me
0: it's weird that people don't recognize these red flags it's it's really it's scary i can't think of another word to describe it other than scary by the way you're doing such a swell job of killing romance for me so thank you <laughs> You know, those like every now and then in the Arab world, like you'll get to meet an old couple who are like smitten with each other, even though they're like 90 and 100, like every now and then, every now and then you get to see like one couple who you feel like, wow, they actually like each other after years and years and years and years.
1: Yes, but is it, do they actually still love each other or is it a woman who's accommodated her whole life and she resents him, Mm. but she says, yalla, bama shihali. Is it a man who, you know, who says that the best uh, way to avoid uh, arguments is to just tell her, yes, she's right all the time. But these are not healthy relationships, you know. This advice, for me, is so outdated and it's not relevant and it doesn't treat your partner as your equal. Or... Or keep it. It doesn't seem like there's any communication. It's just surface level. Would it be lovely to be 80 and holding hands and still be in love? Yes, it would be great. Is it common? I don't think it's as common as we'd like to think it is. But there's hope and there's, you know, you have to have faith. I I believe the key to a successful marriage other than separate bathrooms is communication. It's yeah. communication and keeping an open mind
0: what's an open mind though like can you elaborate
1: it depends what it is for each person you know hala, mm-hmm. what what might work for me might not work for you it's your own thing but don't let other people play with your mind you don't you know what I mean if it's working for you and someone says oh my God you're okay with your husband traveling on his own mapizali mabitrari. La, saraha, I trust him. La, ma anama jozi ma bakhelli yisafir la God knows what he might do on his own. Saraha, is that my husband's going to do something. He's going to do something whether I have my hand on his throat or I don't. He's going to find a way to do it. I just have to hope that my husband communicates with me and is honest with me and is a decent human being to not go and play around behind my back. Control doesn't ensure that you're protected. Keeping an open communication and open mind, understanding that your partner might find somebody else attractive, but not doing anything about it, fantastic. But they're, we're human beings. We are gonna find other people attractive. We are gonna look at another person and admire their beauty. That's normal. But Again, communicating, um, saying something to your partner. I didn't like it when this and this happened. Instead of playing the, um, you, what, what's that? You give them the cold shoulder. You, you play the silent game. You don't talk to them because you're so upset. No, that's not healthy. That's, that's toxic. Your, your, your partner does something to upset you. I didn't like it when you did this. It made me feel so and so. If the other person doesn't react, well, again, that's on them. You need to find a healthy balance. You need to find a way to communicate with them. But playing hot and cold, playing these games, they don't get you anywhere. If anything, it causes resentment to build up. And you end up hating the person that you're with. You don't have a good time with them. That's that's not a happy marriage for me.
0: You know, you said the word ghiram, and uh, I kind of want to <laughs> address it. So... Um, You know, like the basic tropes in a romance novel, like every now and then you get like a trope the enemies to lovers, friends to lovers, um, the single bed trope, the dagger to throat trope, blah, blah, blah. One of the like the tropes that I love to read, but I hate in real life is the jealousy one, because like when you're in a book and the guy's like in the room, like simmering in the corner as the man is talking to me, like that type of thing in a book fun and games and it's cute and i love it in real life
1: though
0: it's horrible ايش like all of these things it's so toxic and it's like el is considered a, a good trait in the middle east
1: no it's not absolutely not it's so unhealthy and it's so toxic be- yeah it means that this person has an insecurity about something. When I find myself getting jealous or upset about certain things, like in my marriage, if I was, it all depends on the other person. My, my ex-husband never made me feel jealous about anything. He never made me feel insecure about anything in the sense that I was worried he would go do something behind my back because I trusted him. And if there's no trust, then you're just playing games, you know? Um, I have to believe that this person is a good person and this person won't hurt me. And if I feel ever any jealousy arising, I need to talk to him and I need to do it in a healthy way and tell him, you know, when you talked to so-and-so, I felt a bit upset. I felt like maybe you found her a bit more attractive than me. What's wrong with saying that? Are you afraid to say that because it shows that you're insecure? May you are insecure. Wouldn't you rather your partner knows than you keep it inside and, and boil up and resent uh, resent him? No, I'd rather tell him. You know, it made me a bit uncomfortable. You talked to so-and-so for an, a few extra more minutes and I, I felt a bit jealous. Like, is that okay? Like, is that normal? And... And if he, I mean, obviously his first instinct is to say, but nothing's happening. I'm just talking to her and you need to realize like, yeah, this is something I need to work on on myself. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He was talking to so-and-so's wife, but I felt jealous. And you need to look into yourself. There's something insecure in you that's making you feel this jealousy. Whereas if a person is doing it to play games and is going out of their way to make you jealous, again, that's game playing.
0: I feel like there are very clear signs that we choose to ignore rather than... Yes. ...are not seeing. I think there is quite a bit of that. You know what? Tell me green flags. What are green flags? What, in your opinion, are green flags that someone needs to look for immediately?
1: I liked your example of say no to a man, little nose, and then see how he handles those nose. That is a great exercise, by the way. And I'm not saying you have to test him out all the time, Mohada, but... It is a good indicator of how a man can take rejection. How a man takes rejection is a very, very, very important green flag. If he's secure and, and confident of himself, he'll know that your no has nothing to do with him. He'll know that your no is your boundary. Mm. And he'll respect it. That is a very big green flag for me. Um, another man who doesn't dismiss what I say is a very big flag for me, like a big green flag for me. Somebody who listens to what I'm feeling and validates my feelings and is not dismissive of them. For example, I'll say, I had a really bad day. I got into a fight with so-and-so. Uh, this and this happened with my daughter, blah, blah, blah. And they'll just be like, oh, you think you're the only one that had a bad day? Listen to what happened to me. I'm telling you, Ashan, I want... I want you to to listen to me. I want to be heard. Mm -hmm. Somebody who says, you know, I'm sorry you had a really bad day. That sounds really tough. I hope tomorrow is better for you. Thank you. That's all it took. It was just that one little validation. So that's another big green flag for me. Also, ideally, I'd love the man to be a feminist nowadays. So, I mean, that's great. So, yeah, that's a a huge green flag for me.
0: Dancing in the camera for you guys who can't see. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a guy who's a feminist. Love it, love it, love it, love it.
1: Uh, and uh, one more note about feminism, though, is that there's this big misconception that feminists hate men. I actually don't hate men. I, yeah. I want to my my form of feminism works with men. Because yeah. I want to join forces with men. I want us all to do better. I want, I want women to be hurt because we've been doing this the man's way. We've had the patriarchy. We've had men in government all the time. People don't represent us accurately. Uh, you know, there's so many aspects to the patriarchy where men are always the ones in charge and it's not working anymore. The system is not working. So let all of us come together let's educate our brothers our fathers our sons on what us what we want what will make us feel validated and heard how can we fix the system so that it's not also just toxic for them as well because the patriarchy hurts men as well this whole toxic masculinity and everyone rolls their eyes every time i say it but really there is such a thing as toxic masculinity men have been taught not to show emotion that it's it's macho of them if they act all tough mm-hmm. and jealous and don't show Show emotions and don't cry and don't express how they feel and don't communicate how they're feeling, it hurts them. Because if the minute they feel, when we say this is weakness, it's not weakness. The minute they feel a tiny bit of emotion, sadness, they say, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not being a man. I need to toughen up. I need to man up. No, you don't. Your feelings are valid. You're allowed to feel what you're feeling. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to feel all these feelings. Feel them. Grow with them. Sit with them for a bit and grow from them. This yeah. patriarchy teaches men that you are providers, you need to take care of everybody, you need to mabarif-ish. No, guys, let's all work together. Let's help each other. Why is it so mm. difficult?
0: You know what's a red flag for me? Mini red flag. Like if I have to actually define and explain what feminism is? We're not at the same level of intellect, But, let's be
1: real. but I'll i But I'll give you an example. A man who doesn't know what feminism is or doesn't really have the right idea about it, but is willing to listen to you and is willing to hear from you what you have to say and what your definition is and how important it is in your life, that's a green flag for me.
0: You know something there is... Um, also, by the way, my cat is snoring in the corner. If you hear that, that's... <laughs> God, my cat is such a, a man. He is a man. Um... There's this kind of like cycle of abusive relationships. Um, I'm I've read it in a romance novel. I've read it in like that kind of way that is set up, and it's like this really weird cycle that is sometimes extremely subtle, where a person is extremely 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 abusive, let's say emotional abuse, physical abuse, or whatever, and then like does something nice afterwards, and somehow oddly. A woman will ignore everything and just remember like that kind moments. And I remember I was watching something for Dave Chappelle and he was talking about a a book that he was reading about a pimp that was famous in God knows when. And like the pimp's way of making sure that his hookers remain loyal is he would physically beat them up, physically beat them up and then would run them a bath, give them two Advil's. And then sudden, like they would be extremely loyal because to them, they would forget all of the pain and just remember that soft moment that they helped, that they were healed.
1: This is, um, I don't know if you've ever read uh, Florence Given's book, Women Don't Owe You Pretty. No. That is a great book and I highly recommend it to everyone who's listening. Um, basically, she says that we hang on to crumbs. Mm. We literally hang on to crumbs that the minute we get a little crumb here from a man or a little crumb there. Oh, he called me. Oh, he liked my insta, my, my Instagram post. Oh, he, he threw me a crumb. Oh my God. Yes. And I like him. Look, he's nice. Um, guys, the bare minimum is he needs to be nice. That is like, that is, that should be standard. That shouldn't be the ideal. That is the standard, you know? And any form of abuse, whether mental, physical, psychological, you need to get away from that. Yeah. That is, that is a form of grooming. He's grooming you to like him, to want him, to stay with him. To It's a codependent uh, relationship. It is not healthy. Do not wait for crumbs. You deserve mm. the whole cake.
0: You deserve the whole cake. Okay, we've been talking for an hour 15 minutes. First of all, you've done a very swell job at... Um, getting my mind off of romance. I don't know if you have broken me because I was already broken before reading them in the first place. But you're right. Like, I keep... um, I needed a reminder. I needed a reminder that, you know, things are not very la-di-da. I'm very, 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 very grateful to have avoided relationships so long. So, like, I'm 25, really not, like like no experiences and relationships whatsoever by choice, truly. And I'm very, very grateful for it because I if I had like dated when I was a teenager, it would have been a disaster. I wouldn't have understood consent, any of that. It would have been such a big problem. And now that I'm older, I kind of like understand what I want, things like that. I have read enough romances to like blur my brain cells to oblivion. but I am very, very, very grateful that I managed to like, meet so many women like, along the way who helped teach me um, what I should expect out of myself and what to expect out of others and the respect that I owe myself and the respect I owe out of others. And you are one of those women. So thank you so, 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 so much for being Ajara and a friendly voice in my DMs and a friendly voice in front of me right now. Um, any closing remarks? What would you like to tell me or to tell women everywhere?
1: Um, I would like to say, wow, there's so much stuff I want to say. I don't know how to put it. In say words. it all. Go ahead. Um, I'd like to say your self-worth is very important. You need to stand up for yourself. If something is not working for you, you need to realize it's not working for you and you need to walk away whether it's someone being disrespectful or mistreating you or not respecting your boundaries or any of that in every aspect of your life. I'm not just talking about relationships with love any with a partner. Um respect yourself, know what you want, and even when you don't know what you want, take your time, figure out what you want, don't be in a rush. Marriage is hard. It's a lot of hard work and it takes two to make it work. And a lot of times I'll see that a lot of times we dismiss things or we say, no, 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 we'll fix it later. Or it's okay. It's not a big deal, but you know, deep down inside it, it is, it is a big deal. Don't underestimate the power of communication and mm. don't underestimate the, the power of coming to someone with genuine love. It's very easy to get angry at someone, to let your anger take over, to say, you did this and I did this and look what everything I do for you and you don't do this for me and da da da. You cannot approach a marriage with that mentality. It's not, yeah. it doesn't work like that. You need to sit down. You need to discuss. I am all for therapy. I am pro-therapy, 100%. Go to a marriage counselor, do the exercises, do what works for you. And don't listen to what other people have to say about your marriage. This is between you and your partner. Don't let people play with your mind. What works mm. for some people doesn't work for others and vice versa.
0: Yeah, that is excellent advice. Zina? Thank you so much. Thank you for whomever is listening. Um, I'm very appreciative of this conversation. And thank you again. Thank you so Goodbye much, everyone. Goodbye, whosoever is listening. So, see ya.